Welcome to Table Talk, a C3 family ministry podcast designed to help parents and students grow as disciples. Our goal is to create a timely and focused discussion that will provide genuine, practical, and encouraging application of God's Word to the everyday needs of the family. And welcome to our As You Go summer series. We're entering to we're entering into the summer of 2023 uh, with all the change in schedules and routines, and our As You Go series consists of podcasts that are designed to engage with you wherever you are. So you'll find a guided teaching and reading of the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and you'll also find a guided prayer time uh, through the Lord's Prayer as well. And our goal for this series is for you to be encouraged by the words of Jesus and that you would seek Him in prayer. We hope that these are a blessing to you and your family. So as you go, go with the Lord. Let's jump in. Well, I want to welcome you to a special summer edition of Table Talk. I am your guest host, Damien Spickerite, a teaching pastor here at C3. And it is my privilege on a regular basis to find new and engaging ways to help all of us spend time with Jesus by reading and interacting with his word. Well, in today's podcast, we're going to spend some time literally listening to the very words of Jesus spoken in what is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. So in just a moment... I'm going to read the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's going to take about 12 minutes or so for me to read it without interruption in its entirety. Now, this is, of course, assuming that you're listening to this podcast at normal speed, all right? Now, let's just be honest with each other by show of hands. How many of you right now are listening to me at one and a half speed or 1.25 speed, right? Pretty, pretty normal practice for us to do that. I, I'm guilty as well. But what I want to ask you to do as we listen to the words of Jesus, at least when we get to that moment where we're opening up our Bibles, reading Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, is that you would put it at normal speed so that you can really, truly hear what Jesus is saying. Now, before I read uh, these three chapters, I want to just point out a few things, kind of a pre-analysis. I want to help you kind of see some things in this message that Jesus delivers. Specifically, I want to talk about the setting of the Sermon on the Mount, the imagery, and the message. So first of all, the setting. Here's what you're going to notice. You're going to notice that Jesus is sitting down with his disciples on the Mount of Olives. He's sitting down. He's outside. We see Jesus assuming this posture of sitting, not just here, but we see it in other places in the Gospels. Now, that may be a little bit unusual to us because in our culture, a teacher steps up to the stage and stands while they teach or preach, right? That's kind of the recognized, most recognized posture of a teacher in our culture. But in in Jesus' time, in Jewish culture, a rabbi in the synagogue would sit down to teach. So what we see here is that Jesus is assuming the posture of a rabbi. But here's the difference. The difference is that his synagogue is not a building, at least not one constructed by carpenters like his dad, Joseph. No, his building, his synagogue, is creation. The creation that he built by his word in the beginning. His synagogue is the land and the sea, the birds and the flowers. Which leads us to the imagery that is found throughout the Sermon on the Mount. Because creation is a synagogue, what you're going to notice as I read through these three chapters is that Jesus uses the objects of creation to illustrate the points that he is making. So I really want you to pay attention to that because there's so much concrete imagery found throughout the Sermon on the Mount. But 
I want you to imagine that as Jesus says these words, he's literally pointing to the very things he's talking about. So when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, imagine that Jesus raises his hands up to the brightest light in the world, the sun. Or when Jesus says that you are a city on a hill, that he points to the south in the direction of Jerusalem. Or when Jesus says, look at the birds of the air, imagine Jesus pointing to a bird perched on a branch. The objects of creation that he spoke into existence become the very object lessons which serves as the basis of his teaching, which is one of the reasons why I think the crowds are continually amazed at his teaching, which leads us to the message. Because it isn't just where he taught, and it's not just how he taught that left the people amazed. It's also what he taught. It's the message that left them in awe, exclaiming that he doesn't teach like they're teachers of the law. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus will say, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So what was it about Jesus's teaching that was so different than everything else that they had heard in their life? Well, there's two words that I want to teach you in the context of Jewish teaching that I think have some relevance to the Sermon on the Mount. The first word is the Hebrew word halakha, halakha, H-A-L-A-K-A-H, halakha. In Hebrew, it literally means to go or to walk. It refers to the collective body of teaching taught by the rabbis that was based on the written and oral tradition of the day. It, It is the way quote-unquote, the way a Jewish believer should live and behave and believe. Think about the Mandalorian. This is the way. The halakha is the way. But the way Jesus taught sounded a lot different than the way the people had been taught. Jesus, again and again and again, will upend the traditional, ethnocentric, power-grabbing, self-righteous traditions of his contemporaries. And I want you to hear it. I want you to listen for it in the words of Jesus. Things like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Or you have heard it said, but I tell you. Or when Jesus says, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Or Jesus says, don't be like them. They love to be seen by men. Or when he says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. The halakha of Jesus, the way of Jesus sounded a lot different than the way of the rabbis. The second word is the word haggadah. Haggadah, H-A-G-G-A-D-A-H. The Haggadah refers to the stories or the parables that the rabbis would tell that would illustrate or reinforce their traditional understanding of the law, their traditional body of teaching. We know that the rabbis spoke in parables, the rabbis of Jesus' day, and so did Jesus. Jesus used analogies and metaphors and similes. This is like that. And those analogies and similes and metaphors and parables are found all through the Sermon on the Mount. So I want you to listen for them because they will stretch you. They will tease your imagination. And just like the people in Jesus' audience, they will very likely shock you. Because Jesus didn't use the Haggadah in the same way that the religious leaders did. He used them to turn everything upside down. In fact, Eugene Peterson wrote that the stories Jesus told are like, listen, that's what he said, they're like time bombs lodged in our imaginations, ready to explode in our unprotected hearts. Tick, tick, 
tick. Wait a minute, Jesus. You're saying that the poor Galilean fishermen, that they are the salt of the earth and the light of the world and not the Pharisees? Tick, tick, tick. Wait, wait a minute. Are, are you saying that the pigs that we're not supposed to throw our pearls to, are you talking about the Gentiles? Are they the dogs? Are they the pigs? Or are you talking about the religious leaders? Tick, tick, tick. Hold on, hold on, Jesus. Are you saying that your words are the firm foundation for our lives to be built upon and not the law of Moses? Tick, tick, tick. So my encouragement is take a walk. Find a comfortable seat outdoors. Maybe turn up the radio in your car or find a group to listen with. Wherever you are, those who have ears to hear Let them hear, really hear, the words of Jesus as found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they Put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, Anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then, come and offer your gift. 
Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply, Yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you, if your son asks for bread, We'll give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, 
Do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. O Lord, may these words leave us more than amazed. May we not only hear them, but may we put them into practice for the sake of your kingdom. Amen. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this special summer series edition of Table Talk as you go. I'd also love to encourage you to listen to our other edition that we've released this summer, which is a guided prayer. From all of us here at C3, have a great summer.